Diane, it seems I've stumbled across a room covered in velvet and playing soft jazz. On the wall there's a sign that says Power Hour. I don't know where I am, but I kind of like it. Hi there, welcome to the Power Hour. For those of you who remember the last one involving good old Steel Ball Jack, his glass and his cool ice just shaking around. This is going to be a similar kind of episode where I'm just going to talk a little bit about my arcade history because Jack um, spoke in depth about Japanese arcades and I just want to strike up the comparison with British arcades. Unfortunately this is going to be a much shorter and I'll be frankly honest it's not going to be as interesting because the United Kingdom to my knowledge didn't really have an arcade scene um, I first became aware of arcades when I was around six or seven years old I believe it wasn't I wasn't very old and um, we used to visit my grandma on um, a caravan site called Windy Harbour in Blackpool and part of the facilities there there was um, your standard laundrette, your shop, swimming pool, a club because as I say it was a caravan site but it was one of them where it's a bit like a pond into haven but there was like children's entertainment and music and there was also an arcade and I, I remember the setup very vividly the left hand side of the arcade was all uh, games the right hand side was uh, slot machines um, I think there was a few claw machines and anyone who's been to Blackpool will know what I mean when I say the bingo horse machines and that was usually the main sound you could hear deafening throughout the arcade was this horse bingo machine going on. Um, the first arcade machine I remember actually seeing in there, funnily enough, is Street Fighter 2. Which is bizarre because that wasn't even the first one you passed. I just remember walking in and Street Fighter 2 was in the back left hand corner you had Street Fighter 2 next to it was Sunset Riders to the left of it against the left hand wall was Mortal Kombat and behind it was Captain Commando and next to that was um, Final Fight and I remember seeing it and I'm instantly being drawn to it because I had Street Fighter 2 at home um, and the computer whooping me because obviously up until that point, I have only played Street Fighter 2 using a SNES and a Mega Drive pad. I'd never even seen an arcade before, never mind an arcade stick. And then I remember playing a bit of Sunset Riders and absolutely falling in love with that game to the point I ended up picking up the SNES part of it uh, later down the line. and being outside in my front garden and having these grand ideas of running my own arcade off the SNES and Mega Drive 
because of seeing all these titles that I had in my home, but they were in the arcade, and for some reason they just felt bigger and better. Um, and then we, we'd go back every couple of months, and I remember one of the trips going back there, and I always stayed on the left-hand side of the arcade, because obviously we had the games. Uh, I remember turning up at one point, and Street Fighter Alpha being there, and that was a lot closer to the entrance and that was the busier machine no one was really interested in street fighter at this point street fighter 2 should i say street fighter alpha it was new it was flashy and i remember being really taken by its art style but actually playing it and not enjoying it as much as street fighter 2 so i headed back to what you could generally consider a more retro corner of the arcade and the arcade manager at the time were, had noticed that I spent a lot of my money on uh, Captain Commando, which is a scrolling beat up by Capcom. Unfortunately, he was actually replacing that unit. So um, he saw me just about to go onto the machine and he actually um, said that he was getting rid of it. But he wanted... Um, he, he, he asked if I wanted to play it one more time so I, I, naturally I said yeah and I remember initially liking the machine because it was one of the cheaper machines I think it was only 20p per credit and he did some of his technical wizardry at the time which I thought was amazing and he made the game free play and was just uh, just told me to play it and then when I'd seen the ending to shout him so he could come um, put it back to credits and that the machine would be going um, at the end of the night Naturally, I was amazed, and I remember playing through Captain Commando and absolutely loving it, but feeling sad that that would be the last time I played that game. And in all honesty, it was up until the time the Capcom Beat'em Up launched on Xbox, PlayStation, and Switch. And that is an e easily that's a 20-year gap from not playing that game. On the good side, though, it did get replaced with um, a title we briefly touched upon, which was X-Men Children of the Atom, and that was another one where the art style amazed me, and the few times I actually got to play on it, I did really enjoy it. It was a very, very popular machine, that. Um, there was a bit of a scene in terms of competitive play, as I say, I wasn't familiar with arcade sticks, so I was not, at that time, even on like the leaderboard, so to speak. I mean, if it had been SNES controllers plugged in, possibly, but I, I couldn't use the stick. I couldn't. I just played for the sake of playing for being fun, and I think, especially nowadays, you see a lot of people saying, well, I wish I could play fighting games, but I can't how can I and I always say the same thing and I believe I put a tweet out about this that there is nothing stopping anyone playing fighting games just because you might not win all the time I know I certainly don't especially when playing online but as I did back then and I still do now I play for fun and win or lose as long as I've had fun I feel I've got what I need from that game so yeah I I don't really remember too much of a competitive scene with Street Fighter there. Um, I vaguely remember a Killer Instinct machine, but I don't... 
I had Killer Instinct on the SNES, and I remember enjoying it, but I don't think I ever got round to playing it in the arcade. I don't. I, I couldn't tell you why. I think around the time Killer Instinct Gold had just dropped on the Nintendo 64, and I'd seen it and. I, 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 I don't know. I, I can't explain why I never played it on the arcade, and it is a regret that I never got I never got round to doing it. I, I can't say I never had the chance. I had plenty of chances. All I could say is it was probably one of the more pricier machines. Um, I'm a lot like um, a, a character from uh, anime slash manga that I'm obsessed with called High Score Girl, and the main character Haruo is quite frugal with his money and the fact that he has a turbo graphics for the sheer fact that he can get two to three games for the price of a normal like SNES or Mega Drive game and there's even a point where he's trying to decide what to play out of Ghosts and Goblins or Final Fight because he only has a certain amount of yen and he, and he goes for Final Fight because he knows he can maximize his time. I was very similar in the fact that I kept myself to the more retro side of the arcade which was the bottom left hand corner because the games were a lot cheaper there I mean to put a comparison to it stuff like Street Fighter Alpha, Killer Instinct, Children of the Atom they were probably uh, well I, w I would hazard a guess and say maybe a pound ago probably not probably not even that because of the time it was probably like 50 pence but stuff like Street Fighter, Captain Commando Sunset Riders, they were all like 20p ago, so I felt I could have more fun and spend more time with, say, £1 over in the 20p corner of the retro games than maybe lose it in one or two goals up on Street Fighter Alpha. So I didn't play a lot of that. Like, I do remember getting really excited and running straight over to the Mortal Kombat 4 arcade unit and it was the one with the hideous Quan Chi side picture where he's just kind of staring at you and being absolutely blown away with that which I think is it puts me in a very unique position that I'm the one person who was really blown away by Mortal Kombat 4. I vaguely remember a Mortal Kombat 3 unit but I've never gotten on with Mortal Kombat 3 even to this day Mortal Kombat 3 has always kind of been the game, the Mortal Kombat title that pushed me sort of away. I really, I did love Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. I remember being obsessed with that. Cutting out magazine pictures to leave strategically around the house. But Mortal Kombat 3, it seemed like it was its Street Fighter 3 Garrow moment where they changed the roster a bit too much. And with Mortal Kombat, my main love for Mortal Kombat comes from its lore and its characters, uh, especially in the early ones. And I never put the time into Mortal Kombat 3 because it had none of the ninja characters. Sub Zero had no mask. I can appreciate it more nowadays. And as I say, Ultimate, I adore. I love watching videos of that being played online. I have, I have even tried to lab it myself a few times recently. But, yeah, the, the Mortal Kombat 4 arcade machine, that, that, was, that turned up and I was like, this is amazing, this is 3D Mortal Kombat. And going home, telling all my friends about it, and once again, no one believed. 
and then it come out and no one really talked about it. I had it on PlayStation 1 and a lad called Callum who lived over the road from me at the time, he had it on Game Boy Color and I've always been fascinated with the early Game Boy port of fighting games and that is an episode I really want to touch upon at some point with Jack. But I just remember him being absolutely enamoured with Mortal Kombat 4 on the Game Boy Color and I'm looking at it and I remember seeing the arcade one and thinking wow and then looking at what I could only describe as a very colourful mess with two buttons and to, that was one of the times when I realised that some games were just meant for the arcade that even though I had the PS1 and I know I got the uh, Nintendo 64 and later on the Dreamcast with Mortal Kombat Gold but I've never felt the love I have for Mortal Kombat 4 the one I had from the arcade and I think that was a mixture of the fact that it was brand new there was a buzz of excitement from everyone in the arcade and just that general the building itself just had character like I said it was a little retro corner there was a the front was all the popular light gun games, then you had the more popular like Street Fighter Alpha, and it was just segmented, but everyone was there for the common love of games, and then on the other side, you had the people playing like fruit machines and grabbers, and there was just a jet, like, if someone was on a win streak in Street Fighter, you knew about it, and everyone would just hang around this cabinet watching the this war going on of Hadoukens and Sonic Booms and there was even like a competitive scene for Mortal Kombat 1 and anyone who plays Mortal Kombat 1 knows that it at the time the only reason it kind of got over to use a wrestling term is the fact that it was gory and it's graphics but something about that arcade feel got it over with people who visited the arcade and you could always get a game against someone. Unfortunately, after some events in my life happened, we, I've not, I haven't been back to Windy Harbour in decades, so I couldn't even tell you if the arcade... I know the arcade is still there, but I, I would assume, like most arcades nowadays, it is consumed by fruit machines and grabbers. Um... After that, there was an arcade in a shopping centre called the Trafford Centre, and that was um, the Namco station, and it, it, it didn't have that same feel. I've never had a love of Namco station. I remember seeing, I want to say Tekken 4 in there, the one where Heiachi's in the dojo and the jacks bust through the ceiling and explode. But I've never had any immense love for Namco Station. So my kind of love affair with arcades had died with um, the one in Blackpool. That is up until the past few years where what's called an arcade club opened up in a town near to me. And it's um, the basic premise is you pay, I think it's around £15 entry and all the machines are on free play and there's so many machines in there and you can just play for as long as you want and um i went on my stag do to it um which is my most recent trip 
and I remember being so excited that I could say like my, my best man and my best friends and that and we could sit there and play WWF Wrestlefest followed by like Ikari Warriors um they had an Ikaruga machine which I was all over the crazy taxi and then of course at the far end of the, the top floor Street Fighter 3 Third Strike and that was me and my element um, to tangent a little bit when we'd walked in and uh, on the top of the third floor there was a bar and there was Street Fighter 2 um, Super Turbo machines so obviously the best man had gone right what's everyone drinking said my drink and I was straight on super turbo just having a blast unfortunately a lot of the buttons weren't working um so that kind of put a downer on it at the start but then by the time I'd worked my way around the arcade to where I needed to be which was the third strike section there was um like puzzle fighter there as well I believe a few others uh, x-men with um four players or six, I, I can't remember. But I, I just remember vividly, third strike being there, thinking, great, this is me, and just sitting down. Had a, had a, had a fight against um, one, one of the people I brought, I can't remember who it was. And then someone else had sat down after him, and he, he played. I picked Ken. I think he picked Ryu, and he was amazed at how well I was parrying stuff, and the fact that I was combo into the supers. And I remember beating him, and then, um, I, I believe it was a perfect on the second round of me poking his head around the co the cabinet. How did you do that? I'm like, unfortunately, pal. I just know my I know third strike. I've been playing it years. And then other people come in because they'd seen that and starting a bit of a chain and spending far too much of my stag do playing third strike. Um, I know the floor below there was actually a guilty gear. XRD tournament going on which uh, one of my closest friends from school was actually entered in at the time unfortunately hands up I missed that because I was playing it um, a close friend of mine actually bodied me on Tekken 3 on it using Paul which was amusing because he doesn't play fighters and I put especially compared to how much I play fighters and he bodied me on them and they even had a Super Street Fighter 4 arcade unit and it amazed me that the camera angle and the character models seemed a lot smaller on the arcade version than it did on the consoles. That is about the length and width of my arcade experience. Um, a lot of my fighting game PvP in and experiences actually come from playing them online or actually locally with other people. But it's it's a shame because I, I, I honestly wish there was a local arcade for me growing up and that I, I didn't have to travel out to Blackpool with the family to go to one. I wish there was one closer and I could be wrong, there could, there could be a arcade or there could have been an arcade scene in good old blighter but to my knowledge there never has been one it's brilliant these barcades and arcade clubs are opening up and me and jack have discussed that once the lockdown's finished that he's going to come up and visit manchester and i'm going to take him to this arcade club and slap him around on third strike because that is what i do 
<laughs> but um, yeah, that's pretty much all I've got in comparison to the original Power Hour, where Jack talks in length about the Japanese arcade scene. I've just seen the time, and it's—I've actually managed to spin my yarn close enough to Jack's as it is. Um, I can't tell where the future's going for Power Hour, as I say, and as I've Jack said, it's kind of just us hearing the sound of our own voice and stuff that we don't think should be part of the main podcast or when we have the time and the other person doesn't. Um, I have just been recording a podcast for Otaku Gamers as well, so my voice is really starting to ache at this point. But I've, I've enjoyed this little jog down memory lane, and whether the next power hour for me is another jog down memory lane, or something I actually threw out there on Twitter, was me discussing fighting games that I had limited or no experience with so I would love to hear from you the listeners where you would like me to take the power hour for me going forward Uh, I can't speak for obviously where Jack is gonna take his Uh, knowing Jack the way I do it could go into some really weird places but I would like to hear from you the listeners what you would like me personally to talk about be it my passion for third strike or be it me playing a fighting game I haven't played much of like um, I picked up Pocket Rumble recently and I've only played one arcade run through of that so the next power hour may just be dedicated to Pocket Rumble or other games like that like Neo Geo based ones kind of rambling at this point but the long and short of it is I just want to hear from you the listener what you want going forward from these power hours um so please drop us a tweet at power dunk and until next time it's time for me to settle back into this velvet room and listen to some smooth smooth jazz